Hi friends, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite of the Day After Dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, the host of Day After Dynamite. But I'm not alone here. I'm never alone here. But today I'm joined by a great friend. She is one of my favorite Twitter users. She is Miss Keeks, Queen Keeks, Dastardly Duo 3 on Twitter. Always talking shit, and it's always Always. I wouldn't be me. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm very happy to have you here. Right (laughs) here on Day After Dynamite. We're talking Dynamite. We all watched it last night, or at least most of us did, because ratings are in. And we'll talk about those at the end of the show. But uh, (laughs) also, today was a special day, because today was the pre-sale for uh, AEW to X New Japan uh, Forbidden Door. Tickets went on sale today, and uh, I got one. I'm shocked at where I got one, but I got a <laughs> ticket. Uh, right. <laughs> and so I'm excited. I got a front row seat. I legit wasn't going to buy one. Um, what? I, I, I won't say that. I, I was going to go, but it was one of those things where uh, I wasn't going to try and do the queue thing unless I could get, like, first couple rows. I thought, what are the chances? This is United Center. And as soon as I got in the queue, it, you know, normally I see the the 2000 plus and I'm like, all right, I'm not getting one. Uh, Cause after 2000, it stops. Right. Uh, but it was like a three digit number. And I thought, no fucking way. No way that I actually end up here in the queue. And then it starts winding down and I get in and I just, I pick a front row seat. I go add the cart and I'm like, it's going to tell me it's gone. And then it added to my cart. I'm like, all right. I guess well, I you got... wanted the lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, especially because I won't even say what face value for this actually is because I feel really bad for everybody who's not paying face value right now. But it wasn't much at all. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm going. I'm ready. You got uh, the feel. <laughs> yeah, I did. Now, unfortunately, I looked at flights to Chicago. And... They are a nightmare. So you go, y'all gonna have to take that risk and fly Spirit. Um, <laughs> them the them, even, them the cheapest ones. Uh, even Spirit, everything's like five hundred dollars right now. I the best one I seen um, from Dad's off of Spirit was at least a good three and fifty. Some change. Yeah, but no, yeah, nothing is looking good right now. So. Um, and I'm reading the chat right now. Uh, your dad (laughs) says, uh, I almost bought resale on accident. It was $3,000 for four tickets. Jeez. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want you to do that. (laughs) And everybody send us your super chats. Uh, we'll be reading them on the show. Give us your humper chats as well. Humperchats.com. Um, I'll be reading those van twin blade says, I don't want to hear nothing about the main event being bad or not having a reason to happen. No one said that about Suzuki versus Joe or Woods versus Yuta. Do you know what show you're watching, Fan Twin Blade? Right. Of course you do. Us, we're going to say that. I, I have some takes on it, but uh, not the ones you're thinking. Um, so this day after Dynamite, and we talk about Dynamite. We talk about everything that took place on Dynamite. Dynamite, by the way, was live from the, uh, what is it, the Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the first things people noticed about the arena was it was brighter. Everything, yep. The whole setup. Looks- Which I've been crying about for weeks. <laughs> and he finally and, did it. And I thought it was maybe just something with the arena. Uh, because, like, well, it looked great. The only thing I didn't like about it was the where you could see the the contrast between um, the curtain that is behind the stage and mm-hmm. uh, the background of the arena, which was white. And so, like, I, if there was a way to like blend all that together, I probably would have done it. But otherwise, I thought it looked really good. Like, it was the first thing I noticed was wow, this is a much brighter setup. Uh, and I didn't realize till Tony tweeted it that. Uh, it was intentional. It wasn't just an arena thing. It was he wanted to go back to the old lighting like the people were suggesting. Right. Uh, so that was really cool. I actually loved the way it looked. Uh, and for whatever reason, just being able to see. I, I feel like this is something you can very much do in a uh, in a more packed setting like that because that was, I want to say they had like 4,500 people there and mm-hmm. I believe that's pretty close to capacity for, uh, that particular arena. Right. So, um, yeah, it looked really good. And honestly, I feel like going forward, if they do have packed setups like that, show everybody, brighten it up, show there that there are people as far back as the arena goes. I like the dark lights. I don't care what nobody's saying. <laughs> but like, I get it. I, I, I get it. In that, uh, like, I know TV people have always said for years that uh, you always want to create a contrast between the what's happening in the ring and what's happening in the background. So that that way, um, again, it's a contrast. But right. at the same time, I don't know. I like seeing people. I like seeing the looks <laughs> on people's faces, like, collectively. And uh, I don't necessarily want people to just fade into the background. I feel like I don't lose what's happening in the ring seeing that many people um and it it, like that makes sense the attitude era got by that way with just lighting the people brightly and you could see everybody's signs but i feel like we never missed what was happening in the ring so right i don't know uh chris says i got section 319 but just three and a half hour drive to chicago from indy for me hey i know that's right i mean look here's (laughs) me um and thank you for the super chat uh the three and a half hour drive from, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to even get to Chicago. And if I end up driving for me, that's going to be like a 16 hour drive. Uh, and I might still do it if flights, but then <laughs> gas, gas prices are shit too. Like, I don't know. That's. It went down just a little, but not a lot. Not enough yeah. to drive 16 hours. No, not enough. Um, So. You ready to get into the show itself? Let's get to it. You want to tell the world a little about, bit about yourself, Keeks, before we do? Because, like, I've never hosted with you. Like, most of the time, it's usually people that everybody's, like, familiar with seeing me with. I think you and I have one picture together from yeah. uh, from Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, uh, back at the beginning of April. But other than that, we've never hosted together. So, therefore, floor is yours. Everybody, I am Keeks. Uh, I am located in Dallas. You'll see me mostly at Dallas or Texas indie shows. Um, Russell Rave, New Texas Pro, um, just different promotions out here in the local area in Texas. Um, I do uh, color commentating from time to time. Uh, I am a podcaster. I have shows coming out. Um, And you're just going to see me a lot in New York, um, especially this summer. New York, things like that. 
And I'm also, I'd also do sponsorships too. So. Follow Dastardly Duo 3. Yeah. So we kicked off with Adam Cole, baby, hitting commentary. Uh, he's here for the Owen Hart Memorial Cup uh, open, or, uh, qualifying right. match. Bobby Fish, a member of the Undisputed Elite, going one-on-one with Jeff Hardy, the winner facing the already qualified Darby Allen. Darby Allen, right. of course, in the rafters for this match. Um, and... I believe the collective age of this match, Bobby Fish versus Jeff Hardy, was 2000. Um, but we actually saw... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, for real, though. Uh, we were dealing with in-ring veterans here, I suppose, is the better way to put that. Jeff Hardy and Bobby Fish went one-on-one. First time ever. Um, I guess I wasn't shocked by the ending. when we, The moment we learned that the winner was facing Darby Allen, it's like, okay. I already knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Hardy has said that he wants to face Darby Allen. He thinks Darby Allen's one of the coolest guys around uh, and that he sees a lot of himself in Darby. Why wouldn't he want to face Darby? Any booker on the planet would do what they could to get us to this match, but they're both baby faces. How do you do it? You do it via a tournament. Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. uh, defeated Bobby Fish. I, I don't know. This was a match. Uh, like I, I don't. <laughs> it's it wasn't bad. It just it was a match. It existed. Uh, yeah, Bobby, it was mostly Bobby working over Jeff Hardy till Jeff made a quick comeback, uh, and he hit the whatever the sit down the head thing Jeff Hardy does is. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I People, know what you, 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 <laughs> you know what the I described. Sit down head thing. You know what I described the sit down head thing. Right. Uh, that. <laughs> like something he made up. I've <laughs> never seen it before. Yeah. Oh, shout out Orion Ben 666 says, Will's road travel vlog, hour six. Starting to wonder if I locked the doors behind. Uh, before I left, uh, hour 11. Well, that hitchhiker didn't look so bad. LOL, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Um, In the middle of driving, like, hold on. Did I? I'm five hours out. Did I turn off the stove? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, and that's the thing, too, is um, I will say one of the tricks to getting good tickets to events is never be afraid to go by yourself. Because a Never. lot of times you can end up, because I didn't buy two tickets. I bought a single. Um, and it just happened to be front row by itself. Uh, hadn't been marked platinum pricing yet. Uh, and it, nobody picked it up. So I grabbed it. Uh, but that's also how I got that really good seat um, to, uh, what show was that? The Grand Slam. Uh, Grand Slam <laughs> was another one where I was just looking. I wasn't really intending on going. And then I looked and saw this ramp side seat by itself. Uh, there was nothing else by it. And so right. I was like, add the cart. Why not? If you're not afraid to go by yourself, you can end up with some great seats to mm-hmm. great shows. So I go to plenty of AEW shows by myself. Sometimes if I don't have my sister or my cousin, I, I go by myself. I have a, it's a good time. Sometimes when you go by yourself, what was the last one you went to? Did you go to battle of the belts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So no, you're talking about the most recent one? Yeah. I didn't get to go to the most recent one. Okay. Yeah. The um, last show that I went to, the AEW show, was the um 
the show when it was Adam Page versus uh, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, for Brian Danielson. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Colwell. Um, I figured. I figured if anybody was going to be at those Dallas shows, it was going to be you or Dallas area. You know what though? Okay, I have a bone to pick with mm-hmm. professional wrestling companies who claim Dallas area when they're talking about Garland. That's not Dallas. Da- I mean, I guess it is relative, like more yeah, so than it's, any other. It's city. Dallas County. If it's still in Dallas County, it's Dallas. But it took me like half an hour. That's to me. That's not <laughs> Dallas anymore. That's Dallas. It's still Dallas. It's oh. in Dallas County. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just big like that. Sorry. <laughs> See, like when they, because I was like, obviously, uh, at the time I was at the, um, what was it? The collective shows mm-hmm. for driving to uh, Ring of Honor. And it ended up being in traffic like 40 something minutes. <laughs> that wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, and they're talking about it in the chat. They said it's called a suburb. Well, I know, but you know what? I live in Aurora, Colorado, and I suppose if I'm talking to somebody not from here, I'd say, "Oh yeah, it's Denver," because Aurora is right next to Denver. It's pretty much considered a suburb, right? <laughs> However, if you're here, I wouldn't say Denver at all. I would straight up just say, "Look, it's in Aurora. You're going to be driving about half an hour to get here if you're in Denver." Right. I don't know. Anyway, the most intriguing part of this, and we kind of knew where this is going. If you watch BTE, you knew this was headed here. But after the match was over, Jeff Hardy celebrating, got the victory. Matt Hardy comes in. uh, And just as the um, Bobby Fish and, or sorry, as Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are checking on Bobby Fish, out come the other two members of the Undisputed Elite. Right. The Har- or not the Hardys, the Young Bucks. <laughs> the Young Bucks make their way out, and they have a bit of a stare down with the Hardys. And there's some intrigue. I think they're going here immediately. I think double or nothing, there's no better time to just dive right in to the Hardys versus the Young Bucks one more time. It's been exactly. five years since we've seen it. Let's just do it. Get it out the way. You have these two teams here. That's one of the big things I believe is if you got them, just do it now. I don't believe in waiting on dream matches if you got it. So, because you never know. You may lose the opportunity to do that dream match. Look at how much stuff they lost from Cody because they waited on the opportunities to do things with Cody. And now there's like a hundred matches they left on the table because he right. Do you got the Young Bucks and the Hardys now? Do the Young Bucks and the Hardys. And I think of no better place to do it than double or nothing. I'll be there. So this match is like a total C minus. I didn't think much about the match at all. But uh, I am intrigued by the Hardys and the Young Bucks. What do you think? Yeah, um, that should be a great double or nothing because we only have two matches so far on the card. So it'll make sense if they just put that in as a little fun. You know, nothing. It shouldn't take... 20 minutes, 10 minute match, it should be at least a good, I say eight to 12 minute match. <laughs> a little, you know, just a little something for the, for the, something fun for the crowd. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you, whatever they've got as far as the Hardys and um, the Bucks are concerned, I say give it to them. If you've got mm-hmm. 20 minutes of content, like I don't see a better opportunity to do it because at this point, I'm like, look, Jeff Hardy, um, I have felt Jeff Hardy has seemed a little bit sluggish for a while. Uh, yeah. And and 
I, it feels like people are like just now noticing that they're like, oh, I don't like Jeff Hardy in AEW. Like Jeff Hardy's come off like this since like 2018. Um, yeah, but... those, those old uh, bumps that he used to take is catching up to him. So yeah, and and he does not come off like uh, like the Jeff of old, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Right. Um, so what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. To me, I say this is probably the best Jeff you're going to get. Yes. Just <laughs> go with what you got. Don't plan on another one. The Hardys right. and the Young Bucks, just do it and do it well. And that's it. That's all they can do. That's all they can do at this point. So on road to Baltimore this week, we had a uh, a really great three-minute video package of William Regal and the Blackpool Combat Club. Yes. Uh, people were saying air that on TV. Obviously, a three-minute video package is a lot for TV, but they were able to trim this down to like 45 seconds. And, yeah. and we got to see uh, the meat of that video package here and see the best parts of it. Uh, William Regal talking up the scars that the Blackpool Combat Club will leave. This is a good package. This is really good. It was a beautiful uh, package. Yes. And beautifully done. Beautifully done. Uh, I thought that Regal just comes off so menacing. Uh, and people are really into this group. I know there's there's this kind of contingency of fans who are very disappointed that we've lost out all of a sudden on singles Danielson because he was on such a great singles run from the time mm -hmm. he came in till really revolution but at the same time this group is also getting really over people really love it it's very unique that brian like still comes out of the heel tunnel and so like they all enter from three different places you have brian out the heel tunnel you wheeler at the face tunnel and moxley through the crowd and so it's like three different uh it's guys who come from three different areas to to give you the blackpool combat club that to me is really right cool. and they, they're doing these squashes um that again they're fun obviously this has to lead somewhere eventually um i have my my hunch um, i have my theories i feel like i want to hear i can potentially see them versus house of black house of black okay one so, day so house of black seems like in the immediate future they're still tied up with um uh what do you call them um death uh, was it death triangle uh yes why did i forget their name yes um, that would be good yeah. too yeah so i would like to see that yeah and so that's where it seems like we're at at the moment and that's fine 
However, I do feel like uh, we are much closer to, in the immediate future, I would go with the Undisputed Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. I do Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and like just the three. Because I figure if you're tying up the Bucks with the Hardys, then you can do Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly versus Wheeler, Moxley, and Bryan. And that would probably tear the house down to double or nothing. That would be that would be good too. And I, I feel like that's to me I don't know. That to me feels like the 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 place to go for those six. Um, I have a, a, a Adam Cole and Brian little face off. I can see that. Yeah. Man, your phone is going off by the way. I know everybody <laughs> everybody's like, I didn't see you know oh, God, okay. Uh and so, and, and by the way, uh, I know I said it yesterday that, hey, I'm all good on Humper Chats. But all of a sudden, Humper Chats is telling me unauthorized permission, trying to look at the Humper Chats. I'm very annoyed at this. <laughs> so, bear with me here. No, um, we're good. So, hold on. Why, why is why is this happening? I am sorry, chatters. His but, chat not loading. Yeah. My chat is booming. So, we <laughs> I don't know. I have to look at why it tells me unauthorized permission all of a sudden. Um, and hmm. John D. Barker says, uh, I think we're getting Jericho Appreciation Society versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club 2. There's a lot of places you can go with it. Because like, mm -hmm. like I said, Jericho Appreciation Society is tied up with um, Santana Ortiz and Kingston. So like, when I think about the groups that aren't tied up with anything, that's where I feel like the, the the undisputed elite and um the blackpool combat club there's like a piece of lint right there I'm that can to... work because yeah. you know william regal and chris jericho do have history that would be a good little yeah, i feel that like would be a, a good little storyline <laughs> yeah i feel like that's a place they could go to there's there's a lot of different places they can go um i don't know but this here was another blackpool combat club squash uh they kicked the crap out of uh, Butcher and the Blade and and Helico, um, and there wasn't much more to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I will say that this was a little bit more on the competitive side. It went a little bit longer. Looks like it went seven minutes and forty three seconds. Uh, and, yeah, and uh, there was a jump start to it. John Moxley got jumped during his entrance, um, but for the most part, the guys all got to show up. About Moxley, uh, they all kind of right. did what they did best. And it ended with uh, Brian hitting the stomps on Angelico. We very much got to uh, enjoy William Regal on commentary. Him uh, failing at pronouncing Angelico's name. And he said, Angelico uh, <laughs> was, was textbook William Regal. Uh, but in the end, back, Blackpool Combat Club won. Um, this was another kind of C-plus match. And like nothing really to write home about. More Blackpool Combat Club showing up. Right. However, uh, so backstage, William Regal. No, what? Talking about William Regal. We're done with Regal. Backstage, Hobbs and uh, Ricky Starks are approached by Jurassic Express. Uh, they respond to the challenge of Jurassic Express. Defending the titles against Hobbs and Starks against Team Taz. Team Taz respond 
ones uh, that they they want to match. Jungle Boy says, uh, I'll give you the match, but before we get there, I want to shout out the FTW title. So we're going to all of a sudden see next week Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks. Which will be a good match. I know. I'm like fired up about this. I'm so excited. Um, and, and, but then we return from commercial break to Swerve and Keith Lee letting us know that they ain't done with Team Taz, that uh, there's more to come. What could this mean? Guess we'll find out. Because uh, they, they also like in the ranking as far as the tag team division, right? They're like uh, number three behind Acclaimed or something like that, I saw. Who's Swerve and Keith? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Hold on, I actually have rankings right in front of me, don't I? Uh, uh, the rankings are uh, no, they're not ranked yet. Um, oh, okay. Not yet, anyway. But who knows? Because uh, I know that they they actually closed out the taping this week. Um, they taped one extra. Uh, oh, they're saying I'm having audio issues again. Am I really? Is, is this what's happening? You sound good on my end. They said I'm I'm roboing. You were, but it's not. It's oh, gone. Said, okay, says it's fixed. Fine. That's the perfect time for me to read Van Twinblades super chat. He says I was talking to people at STL versus the world. Uh, we want blood and guts for January fifteenth. Uh, JAS versus LAX with Mox and Brian as mercenaries. Hey, that would be fun. Uh, I, I would too. He had my attention. Whoever. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so um, I would say what ended up being kind of a surpriser of the night was Wardlow taking on his mystery opponent, W. Morrissey. Everybody expected W. Morrissey. They dropped all the hints. Uh, they didn't drop any hints in any other direction. They told us he's seven foot tall and you can't teach that. And that really only applies to one person. So Wardlow versus. W. Morrissey. One, if you haven't been watching Impact, Morrissey is in phenomenal shape. I have been watching Impact, yeah. so I knew this. But uh, for those who hadn't, um, this wasn't the Morrissey of old. Uh, and it's funny, my son is watching, and he goes, is that Edge? Because it's like everybody sees <laughs> uh, Big Cat and like that's immediate thought. But Billy immediately thought that was Edge. And he's like, oh, Edge is in AEW. I'm like, one, Edge is not seven feet tall on his in his dreams um and he's a he's a taller version of of edge <laughs> yeah, he's a taller edge but the funny thing too is, is um oh, and thank you john for letting me know that was actually how i found out about the audio um so oh they're saying that i've gone bad again that the audio is coming out really fast gosh damn it oh, hold on two seconds i'm gonna refresh you're going to okay. look at Keeks for the time being. Enjoy the, the beautiful and lovely Keeks. <laughs> but now I've returned. <laughs> so, um, this match was mostly W. Morrissey. Am I better, by the way? Is it working? Is it fine? Yeah. Okay. You're fine. You're going to have to alert me of these things. Otherwise, we got to... Uh, 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, W. Morrissey worked over Wardlow the entire match uh, and really got to show out and look good. I think one of the best parts of this match was the crowd chanting, we want Enzo. The other half of the crowd responding, no, we don't. And Morrissey playing with the chants and then getting him to stop. The way he did the little Enzo dance, then flipped them all off, was perfect. That was a perfect way to get him to stop. Perfect way to play around with that. Because, like, I think there's a big portion of the audience, um, I mean, you don't even have to think. You can look at numbers and see it, that doesn't follow or watch Impact. And so there's a lot of people who didn't know and weren't aware that Morrissey has been out here working, that this isn't a guy who just disappeared. There's a lot of people who were under the impression okay, last time I heard about this guy was when he was in WWE. I know him via Enzo and Cass, so we're going to chant, we won Enzo. And he played around with that and then did his thing. But uh, Wardlow, Wardlow ends up getting the comeback in this match via a very impressive moonsault. Uh, Man landed on his feet, but not in that kind of Charlotte Flair kind of way where it looks like bad, but like in a... uh, I don't know. It looked really good in a aggressively sloppy way because he got all of it. He still did connect. And then he ends up hitting that powerbomb on Morrissey. He didn't go for more than one, but just the single one was super impressive uh, on a guy as big as Morrissey. I wasn't sure how good it was going to look. It looked great. There it is. Wardlow uh, has defeated Morrissey. Morrissey still looks strong. But ultimately, this is Wardlow's world, and we're just living in it. I, I hope he uh, continues to have matches in AEW. He looks, he fits, he fits in. I was so surprised I hope he at gets that. I, I, I was surprised. I thought because I was not the biggest cast guy, especially in 2018, him feuding with Brian, the pot belly, none of that uh, worked for me. But you know what? That man has has figured out his shape. He is looking good in the ring. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily sign him, but I would say I keep him on retainer. Yeah, kind of like uh, Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard. He's one of those guys who, like, I wouldn't sign Eric Redbeard, but at the same time, that man had a great performance at Revolution. I would definitely keep him on retainer. He's one of those guys that I would at least call when I need like him. A, um, like a part-timer? Yeah, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. Or, or, just, or, or ROH. Yeah, uh, ROH is a good pick, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, if, even if it was something like, because uh, I was thinking about Peter Avalon, the contract he's on right now, where, like, he's not on the roster anymore, um, but he is still signed on a as-needed basis. Um, that's the kind of contract I'd sign those guys to. But, yeah, of course, I didn't even think about that. ROH is a, is a probably a great place for him. Right, we keep forgetting Tony has ROH now, so <laughs> and he does officially, by the way, because yesterday because the, the deal closed yesterday, and now he not only owns Ring of Honor, he has all the access to the footage. He is the owner of Ring of Honor as of yesterday, so um, good on them. Hey, then Wardlow was talking with. Uh, and by the way, this match B minus. I was actually very happy with. This whole segment, I thought Wardlow came off really well. Um, he Wardlow was handcuffed, and he ends up deciding, 
nah, I'm done with this. He starts beating up security. They send down more security. He starts taking out every single member of security. It was one of the most impressive security run-ins that we've probably ever seen in pro wrestling. Uh, he ends up um, throwing one of the members of security into all the others. They all fall down. MJF grabs the mic, and Wardlow says he's he's done with this, and he will not stop until MJF releases him from his contract. MJF finally agrees that he'll agree to it, but only under his stipulations. And I thought, oh, you guys better have a new idea in mind. Uh, yeah, because we saw it with Jericho. We need to, we don't want to see it again. Yeah. So. Um, and we saw it. Man, your phone just farted at us, by the way. Um, <laughs> that, that vibration. Um, but yeah, we... And there it goes again. Um, and so we saw the... Uh, because we saw it with Cody as well. He did this exact thing with Cody, where he had. The oh yeah, he did. Cody, yeah, where he was gonna whip Cody. Cody had to wrestle in the cage match, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm hoping they don't do just like a straight up five labors again. Like come up with something newer, a little different, a little different. Because I've been saying that. Yeah. So. Uh, MJF says that they're gonna do the contract signing next week. MJF's hometown of Long Island, New York, the happiest place on earth. As MJF has called it, I don't know. I've never been in a long time. Uh, yeah, never heard nobody call it that. But okay, <laughs> Long Island, by the way, though, uh, a city that famously, uh, as of the last visit, uh, the AEW had there, not fans of CM Punk. So it'll be very interesting. Holy hell, that vibration is going to drive me nuts. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> they keep they keep blowing my phone up. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're then joined by the AEW World's Heavyweight Champion, Hangman Adam Page. But he's here to tell us something a little bit different than we were used to. Uh, he comes out here and he's not in a jovial mood, and he is straight up here to tell us that he does not want a happy handshake Bret Hart tribute masturbatory match. With CM Punk, he is here to fight CM Punk, and uh, and then he told the audience, "Hey, CM Punk's not here. Uh, surprise, surprise, he's off filming another show." And uh, that's that's that. He wants to embarrass CM Punk. He wants to fight CM Punk. He is going to bring CM Punk the fight of his life. And then he calls out a guy in the crowd in a CM Punk shirt, tells him he's going to disappoint that man by beating CM Punk for the AEW World Championship at Double or Nothing. What did you think of this? I'm glad that he did that because we both seen the criticism that uh, Adam Pages get. Like, he's a a babyface, but he doesn't give us that raw edge. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're so used to how... WWE booked their faces, so they want that in Adam Page. And people now confusing what Adam Page said yesterday as him turning heel. And it's like, no, he's not turning heel. He's just letting you know that just because he's a good person don't mean he's not looking for a fight either. Yeah, I didn't really take it as much of a heel thing. Like, calling out a fan, I thought, was was probably as far as heelish as I think he was willing to go. Um, it felt more like to give it a comparison to WWE. It felt more kind of John Cena rockish, where like Cena didn't turn heel, but he was gonna call out rock fans. 
Um, and I feel like that's kind of where he was going. And I think that um, with us next week being set up to have CM Punk returning to a city that he has famously dunked on in Long Island, a city that's not going to be on Punk's side, I think that they also do position Punk to be kind of in a bit of a heel seat next week where uh, you can kind of have these guys go at each other. Um, but I will say that this kind of lit a fire under this what's going to be a feud because I think last week was supposed to do that. And then of course, hangman had COVID wasn't able to work the show. And so therefore punk was just able to cut his own promo. And with those two, not able to work together this week. Now punk's not there. It's just hangman. And so we kind of lost a week of these guys getting to interact. And all of a sudden now there's only three dynamites left. Uh, we've only got, what next week uh in long island the week after in houston and then week after that in vegas and that's it that's all we got here so we kind of lost two weeks of build for these guys but they're doing good as far you know with each other absence to to have that build so you, they don't necessarily have to do the whole shebang but they're doing pretty good you know just setting it up because yeah because the I hype is already the hype is already there yeah, the hype is there and just in the match existing. And like the fact is, because um, the build has always been there. The build has been there in the fact that CM Punk from the night after Revolution was motioning that he wants the title. That's been the build. He's been getting singles wins. There hasn't necessarily been a rivalry here. And I think that's what people are kind of itching for is for these two to become rivals. And hopefully over the next few weeks, we get more of that uh, because we need it. And uh, I think the next three weeks are going to, show us what these guys can do. But before we get there, Chris Jericho is now the wizard. The fuck does that mean? He was... <laughs> I mean, us being black, we know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. Right? <laughs> so, like, Chris Jericho was introduced as the wizard. I don't know what the wizard actually means. Uh, but here we had our new, uh, so Chris Jericho is out there to face Santana first time ever Santana in a singles match against Chris Jericho. I like this match a lot, actually. I thought, I like that, um, Santana got to show fire. He got the match started early on. They brawled on the outside before they even got in the ring and, uh, oh, because he shoots fireballs, the wizard. Okay, the chat's explaining that. To oh, me. okay, uh, from last week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nobody catches. I didn't catch the Black record. Sabbath reference. Okay. Um. <laughs> Orion says uh, again, going back to last week, Chris Jericho or Jericho using hood terms, not realizing they hood terms. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was a good showing for Santana, uh, and Santana really took the fight and the fire to Chris Jericho. Uh, the fact that Chris Jericho actually had to, uh, resort to a low blow to even, uh, take care of Santana was actually, um, I thought a good showing for Santana. Uh, they did like, they did the brawling on the outside. Um, Santana, of course, with the Eddie Guerrero offense, he got to hit the three amigos in. Um, what was an interesting frog splash um, 
that he didn't really get the height, but at the same time, it looked dope, um, which is something that he's done plenty of times before. But uh, this was his first singles match with Chris Jericho. So uh, I don't know. I enjoyed seeing these guys go at it. and uh, But Jericho ultimately ends up winning with the Judas Effect. Again, the Jericho Appreciation Society continues to get the best of Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz because it's still five on three. Yes. And I like the story I- they're telling here that – Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say um, reference also in the match with Jericho and Santana. It was brief um, similarities when uh, it was Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero in WCW. They did a few spots that was similar to um, when Eddie and um, Jericho used to wrestle each other in WCW. I just okay. want to put that there. Yeah, so I, I thought that uh, I guess one of the coolest things I like here. I like the story they continue to tell that no matter what keeps happening. Um, and it sounds like my audio has gone bad again. At least that's what they're telling me in the chat. Man, this just happened on Grapsity because I feel like this has just been happening throughout this episode. Uh, maybe I've got like... Cinco de Mayo, man. It's... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I actually forgot that's what day it is. It's multiple mm-hmm. friends of mine's birthdays, um, but I completely spaced on it being uh, Cinco de Mayo, despite the fact that my friends have birthdays uh, on May 5th. But, okay, I'll refresh one more time, chat. Thank you. Rough episode today, (laughs) as far as this happening. Um, but hopefully, do I sound okay now? Please yeah, you're me. good on my end. Okay, as long as I'm good on your end, you see what they see, so then therefore should be good. Uh, and so yeah, as until Eddie and friends can get two more participants, Homicide and Hernandez, this is where we're at. I'm so curious of who they will have. I, I, I think it'll end up being Homicide and Hernandez. I think that mm-hmm. that just makes the most sense. They can't use the LAX name, but we shall yeah. see. Whew. All right. Next <laughs> segment was a little bit rough. I don't know where this was going, um, and it certainly needs to get there if this wasn't the destination. But lights go out. Uh, or so before that. So... We have the Varsity Blondes in the ring. We were told this past week on Dark that they were going to call out House of Black. Everybody Mm -hmm. got excited because they're like, oh, this is finally the payoff to everything that's happening with Julia Hart. Right. Let's let's get it. Let's see it. Let's do it. Why didn't we pay anything off here? Uh, (laughs) Pillman cuts a promo um, and he is basically just talking about uh, everything going on. Uh, He talks about his dad. He talks about everything that's been going on with Julia. And he calls out the House of Black. Lights go out. In come the House of Black. All right. Exciting things, right? And they're all surrounding him. Julia's behind. We think this is the moment where it's all going to happen. It doesn't. And it didn't happen. No. The House of Black just, like, beats the shit out of the Varsity Blondes. They hand Julia a chair, which he's holding backwards. Uh, and 
she then lifts it like she's going to to hit but it was hesitates. a perfect moment <laughs> yes she doesn't she hesitates uh finally malachi gets irritated and kind of shouts her down to a corner starts to snatch off her eye patch then in come the death triangle who just clear the ring and then we go to jade cargill in the back what the fuck happened here <laughs> this, <laughs> we didn't get anything here we didn't get anything out of this what are you talking about the vibes i'm getting it may have been malachi's idea and tony probably just like okay let's see how this goes and it probably just didn't fall through. the crowd wanted this they were chanting house of black the second she lifted the chair they cheered mm -hmm. they were ready for this what the fuck was this there's no <laughs> there was no payoff to this there's nothing we got nothing we come back from commercial break or not commercial break we come back from from jade and the baddies and by the way um i love that the, all the baddies got to keep their catchphrases i like that yes. um kiera still got to tell us that's on period um this is a star group i love the baddies um great trio here but we actually moved into ray phoenix versus dante martin and when we came back so before that though we came back and julia's still in the ring so i'm like oh maybe we're gonna follow up and then she leaves and doesn't return for the rest of the show. I don't understand. What is this? What is happening here? You know how it is. Sometimes you got to test the boat to see how it goes. And then, you know, they'll always fix it. They always do. But the missed stuff was like five months ago. Like, this was the time. <laughs> that was the time to play this off. And, That's true. Like, chat, let me know. Am I alone here? Were you guys... Like, I'm gonna let I, it play out. <laughs> I feel like I've been letting this play out, and I, this is—I am somebody who um, I watch everything. I watch Dark. I watch Elevation. I watch Rampage. I watch Dynamite. I've seen a lot of Julia Hart. Mm. She's been doing this for quite some time. I just need this to go somewhere. Yeah. I have a lot of patience, but I also watch a lot of this stuff. So, <laughs> uh, I just want to know where it's going. On the other hand, though. Ray Phoenix, Dante Martin. This was a match that I didn't know I wanted until I saw the graphic and was like, yes, this is a match I want. Match of the night, by the match way. Match of the night. Absolute match of the night. Are you kidding me? You could have closed with this. Uh, mm -hmm. Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix tore the house down. These guys went out there and did their thing, and I thought that they, uh, they killed it in a very – you mentioned WCW. This match reminded me of those first hour of Nitro matches when they went when Nitro had gone three hours and they had the cruiserweights mm -hmm. in the first hour and the cruiserweights mm -hmm. were basically there to just show out and give you the cool shit. When it, that was all I looked forward to with WCW when I was a kid was uh, was getting. I love the cruiserweight, cruiserweight division. Now they, the cruiserweight division is why I love wrestling so much. Yeah, and this felt like a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, just give me the flippy doos and make it look really cool and uh make me clap and this match did that uh it gave me everything i wanted to see um it was fast paced it had uh the dante cool flips it had the the ray phoenix great tricks and this is this is fun shit this is like for the people that this isn't for the good news is that you only got one match like this on the show yeah, I get it. 
There are people who don't like to see um, wrestling be, I guess, a, a gymnast routine. Fully understand that. Uh, It'll be okay. But, <laughs> man, this was fun. Um, and <laughs> I, I love Dante Martin. I love Ray Phoenix. Um, I actually did like the... Uh, the kind of double backflip spot off the top rope. A lot of people, that like, what was is that supposed to be? Um, but could have been anything. They could have been attempting a Spanish fly on each other and just weren't able to pull it. That's, off. So they both that's what I heard. It was supposed to be a Spanish fly, but Dante countered and Ray countered mid air. So, yeah. and, so <laughs> and so they both landed on their feet, and mm-hmm. then uh, then Dante hits that poison rana, um, and for a moment there, it seems like he's got the victory. Uh, they just go back and forth a little bit more until finally uh, Ray gets the that kind of brain buster um, Falcon Arrow type move. He hits the one, yeah. two, three, and Ray Phoenix gets the victory. Ray Phoenix moves on to the tournament, and I had a lot of fun with this. This, yeah, I would love to see Dante in AAA events too. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to see Dante do. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see him do Super Juniors. I want to see him do... Um, if he could do AAA, that'd be great. Uh, I was looking forward, uh, and unfortunately, now that it's out there, what's going on with uh, with Darius. Um, yeah. I said... I told people on Graph City that I wasn't going to say. However, uh, I... Um, now that it's out there, everybody knows what happened with Darius. Uh, I do it at some point though. Want to see the uh, Lucha Bros versus Top Flight? That is like yeah, I must have. I absolutely want to see that. They're talking about um, AAA in the the chat, and yeah, a lot of things. I, I of course we want to see Vikingo and um, in AEW. I oh, like I would love ago. for Viking Co. to be in AEW. I I thought that that was something we were going to see early on, and then we didn't. Um, well, at Triple Mania, it was a lot of promos that they were saying that they was better than wrestlers in Japan and wrestlers at AEW. So I was I don't know what's going to happen. They like snuck in a forbidden door or something. Yeah. They kept hint they kept saying like Psycho Clown kept saying it. And then it's like a whole bunch of them kept saying it. So I was just like, so are they going to invade or mm-hmm. <laughs> Orion Ben said do a four way Dante Phoenix, Vikingo, and Trey Miguel. That would be dope. Uh but yeah, no, this was this gets an A from me. Uh, simply because I just had it was the most fun I had had the entire night. Uh, by the end of the match, I was uh, I don't know, I felt like I'd gone on a roller coaster. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, they also said, um, off screen, Ray Phoenix gave Dante his mask. That's his really cool. mask, out of respect. Yeah, that was very cool. Most controversial segment of the night, the one that has everybody talking. Thunder Rosa comes out, cuts promo. Uh, and she is there to talk about um, her successes and her failures and the things that got her to where she is today. She called out the criticism of the women's division. She had a lot to say, and uh, she talked about wanting to call out her number one contender. She was then interrupted by Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, um, who's got a... uh, I mean, she is... 
got quite a, a shiner from last week's match with Sheeta. It was actually way worse if you watched Road 2. Um, so Coleman in the chat asks, he said, this was controversial. I liked the, the respectful setup. It was controversial mainly because people felt like this was a bad promo from both parties. I am going to say this. Was this an excellent promo? Mm, not really. Was this even a good promo? Content-wise, I thought it was fine. Delivery? Probably felt like a bad 80s porno. That said, one of the biggest criticisms that I feel um, gets levied at Dynamite a lot is that the women don't get promo time. I believe one of the things I've seen a lot is uh, only Britt Baker ever gets significant promo time. It is worth recognizing that not everyone is Britt Baker. And I don't mean that just exactly. from the women's side. I mean that from the men's as well. That you kind of have... So I'm a big believer that not everybody needs to be cutting promos. That yes. um, That's really kind of a recent phenomenon of like the last really like 15 years that everybody has to cut promos. That for the most part, you play to people's strengths. If they're really strong in the ring but not great promo people... That doesn't mean don't use that person at all. That means keep them off of promos. You let them do what they do best. If you're a good booker, you can play people to pe- er, play to people's strengths. And I do feel like wrestling has gotten away with that for very er, has gotten away from that for a long time um, because uh, WWE, for example, has really kind of hammered it in that you have to cut promos. No matter who you are, you are a promo person. You are you're going to cut soliloquies in the middle of the ring. You're going to stand there whether or not you cut good promos or not, you're going to welcome people to Monday Night Raw. And, and so, usually that that whole concept is why people expect that everywhere, in yes. every promotion, they have to cut a promo. Right. And so I feel like with this particular segment, it was an example of if you want people, if you feel like everybody should be cutting promos, then you have to be willing to take the good with the bad. That you have to be willing to accept that not everybody's Britt Baker. That not everybody has that material to deliver. Because here's the thing. Um, or Jay Cargill. I think Jay Cargill is also an excellent excellent promo. Thank you, Amir, in the chat for bringing that up. Um, I think Deep and Rosa are going to deliver in the ring. They have before. They will again. Um, these two have gone at it very well in the ring. If you feel that promos are the correct and only avenue to setting up matches and you have to be willing to accept that not everybody delivers them as well as um as an mjf as a cm punk uh because we hear that a lot too that hey we don't get as you know cm punk and mjf get the most promo time of course they do cm punk and mjf are the best promos um or Britt baker gets the most promo time in the women's division of course she does she's the best promo um if everybody's going to be cutting promos, you got to be willing to take some bad promos. I don't necessarily think that anybody in particular was um, in this segment was was bad in the sense of, um, oh, they're just done as wrestlers. No, I don't think that at all. I just think that we got what we got here, and it set it it set up the match respectfully between these two. I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that um, 
they kind of ignored a little bit of the history between these two. That, hey, we've seen these two face each other in AEW. Thunder Rosa came into AEW as NWA champion, lost it to Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb defended against Thunder Rosa, beat her. So at this point, Serena Deeb is actually 2-0 and over Thunder Rosa in AEW. Um, well, they kind of did. Um, Serena did kind of hint it that they did have history together. Yeah, I just feel like as far as AEW is concerned, we've been here with these two. Um, we probably could have, uh, I don't know, gone into how much history these two have with each other. But yeah, they did kind of hint at the fact that they... Uh, they did go at it before. Either way, I I didn't hate this in terms of um, what it was supposed to do. I recognize why people didn't like it, but just understand that you kind of can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't, um, on one end, say that um, they're not getting enough promos, and then and I'm and I I say this having seen it from the exact same people who have said that women aren't getting enough promos. Um, but then turn around and and trash this one. Exactly. It's... That was that's that was my whole rant earlier. You can't sit up here and complain and say we need more women's segments. We need more this. And then when they give it, they deliver it. It's trash. They don't need to be on TV. They just love promoting trash women. They don't get some experience. Like you know, it's always some type of criticism, and it's unfair. Like if you can handle. Women that's not good at promos in WWE, what is the difference between women in AEW or any other promotion? Because not everybody at WWE that's in the women's division can cut a promo either. I mean, and I just feel across the board, uh, and it's men and women. I don't necessarily feel like everybody can cut a promo, and that's okay to me. Although, credit words do, by the way. Somebody who was once thought to not be able to cut a promo is Dante Martin. I thought he did really good on Dark this week, calling out Ray Phoenix. Um and I don't know if people are noticing, but that dude's kind of getting a little bit shredded and he's growing facial hair. I feel like Dante Martin has gone from boy to man before our eyes in the last year and a half. Um, and so it's one thing I wanted to point out there. But I mean, because, yeah, if you think about it, he faced Kenny. He doesn't face Adam Page. Like, he doesn't face big stars to kind of mm-hmm. get him prepared. Hopefully, I know they'll still be a duo, but potential solo. Yeah. Career. Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of uh, promos in AEW take place in the form of pre-tapes and backstage segments. Um, I don't mind those, uh, but I know that if you feel like people need to be out in the ring holding a microphone, you just have to be willing to accept uh, what some will give with that and what some won't. And it's okay. Uh, I don't know. At least I thought it was. Main event time. I was shocked to find out this was the main event. I have theories. And Tony, if you're watching, (laughs) give me a wink if my theories are correct about why this was the main event. But for the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, it was Mercedes Martinez, the interim Women's World Champion, going one-on-one with somebody making their AEW debut, the virtuosa, Deanna Perrazzo. And uh, this was the main event. This, again, I have- A great main event too. Uh, I think it was a little short for my liking, but I 
I liked it. Um, and as far as the crowd was concerned, you have to recognize, again, crowds don't watch Impact. Um, and and so uh, Deanna had her fans in the audience. I feel like uh, she probably had more people behind her than uh, than Mercedes did. Because she's time, one of the ones they always wanted to yeah. come to AEW. So I expected that. Yeah, and I was actually happy to see her in this scenario uh, because I'm going to be honest. Um, Deanna comes off and looks like somebody who needs to be on a big stage. I watch Impact. Don't come after me, Impact fans. But look, Impact is literally sold to this Sunday's tapings. As of this moment, 69 tickets. And I know that because nice. But um, they've literally sold 69 tickets uh, to this weekend shows. Uh, taping Impact. Deanna looks like somebody who should be in front of a crowd of thousands. And she just she she came off like she had a star presence. The way she came down the ramp, everything about it just looked like, damn, I want to see Deanna in this setting. So I don't know when her contract's up. I know she signed in October of 2020, uh, but I want to see her here. I also did not expect Same. her to win. I, did. I, don't, I don't know what people were thinking, but all of the, the disappointment over the fact that Deanna didn't win, in what universe was she going to win? In what universe was... AEW slash Ring of Honor ever going to let the belt remain on somebody who isn't in AEW slash Ring of Honor? Do we have a guest? Oh, nope. Okay. <laughs> I thought we may have had a guest. Um, oh, we do. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so... Yeah, Mercedes um, and Deanna, they went at it about 10 minutes in the main event. Um, Mercedes, of course, being the person signed to AEW, the person you can guarantee is going to remain in um, in Ring of Honor. She stuck around, and she won. Uh, my theory on why this went on last I think when we initially got the card for the show, a lot of people felt like this was a little bit of an underwhelming card in the sense that um, it didn't necessarily have any of the major things that people have come to love about Dynamite. Felt like a little bit lower of a show. I think looking at the writing on the wall, I feel like this was a show that Tony was willing to experiment with um, in the sense that he's talked about the fact that he's been talking with Warner um, and I guess Warner Discovery about trying to get a TV deal for Ring of Honor. I think this might have been one of those tests to see how a straight-up Ring of Honor match, a match that people would view as Ring of Honor television would perform on television and kind of sell that to Warner Media. That's my theory on why this took place where it did. Again, wink that at me if I'm right sense. or ignore me if I'm wrong. But uh, that's, I don't know. Uh, and, and I don't know if that worked or if not. Um, I 
I guess I do have the quarter hours. I know that that particular quarter actually was fine. Um, I mean, it's the it was that particular quarter. Those last two quarters were the the lowest quarters of the show. However, it wasn't that significant of a drop. But I now recognize what happened here. Uh, <laughs> so you had to have known. Uh, they had to have known going into this that the show wasn't going to have um, the the big lead in audience because there was no Big Bang Theory. It, they ended up playing Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, which wasn't ever going to perform as well as uh, because for May the 4th. Everything is making sense now. So this is one of those kind of like just throwaway shows because they knew that they were up against the NBA playoffs. They didn't have the lead in, and it's one of those can test certain things out. Now that I'm looking at the ratings themselves, and by yeah. the way, now that we have them, uh, the ratings were, um, it was the lowest of the year. Uh, it was 833 watched this week's episode of Dynamite. Um, oh, yeah. The Oddly enough, though, the demo was still about normal. Yeah. Um, and it came in, uh, wait, it was number four for the night, which is about normal for Dynamite. Yeah. And so that was that. That's the wow. for Dynamite. Wow, that was, um, I haven't heard that, seen that number in a while. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It's, in a it's, while. It's been a long time since <laughs> it's been since, a minute since they had that. Yeah. So uh as far as that's concerned, again, it's on the lower end. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there were some expectations with the show. I feel like they looked at this show, kinda knew where it was gonna fall in terms of uh ratings and kinda went with some experiments on the show. And some mm-hmm. worked out. Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin, I think worked out. Uh, yeah and as a matter of fact out of curiosity what was the peak quarter that would have been uh the blackpool combat club was actually the peak quarter yeah they so, they always if you pay attention to the court like they always the highest mm-hmm. they are always the highest mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Coleman in the chat asked didn't they get bumped for basketball last year on TNT they did but the playoffs uh, if people don't recall, because the season got delayed due to the pandemic, we're in June last year, not in mm-hmm. April, May. So yeah. um, we had summer playoffs last year, in case people forgot that. Uh, and then the year before that, we actually had fall playoffs. Uh, yeah. And so this is really the first year in a while that basketball been basketball has been kind of normal. So it's been kind of nice. Because this year also for basketball has been like their highest in views oh, yeah. in the playoffs, so long, so yeah, time. yeah. So either way, that's Day After Dynamite. Thank you for watching this kind of <laughs> screwy edition of Day After Dynamite because my audio went all wacky. Um, but I appreciate Miss Queen Keeks being here. Thank you, Keeks. Where can they Thank find you? you? For, uh, you can find me at Dashley Duo Three, and I'm also on Facebook, Kiki L Shepherd Sims, and I'm also on the Talk of Champions group. Um, one of the moderators. So you can catch me on there. Um, and that's pretty much it. I did have an Instagram, but it kept getting hacked. So I haven't created one. Ooh, I know. Kept getting hacked. Well, why is this, yeah. somebody just continually coming after you? No, it's, you know, one of those, 
I didn't even click the link and they still end up just Oh, just like a, a phishing thing? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh well, either way, thank you, Queen Keeks, for being a part of Day After Dynamite this week. Thank you for and, having me. And uh ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I will see you next time. I will see you next week. Who's my guest <laughs> next week? Uh I know who my guest in two weeks is, but my guest next week. I actually don't know, um, but I will look at that. But either way, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of Day After Dynamite and taking a little time out of your day to hear some discussions about AEW Dynamite right here on Fightful Overbook. Don't forget to check out some of the other shows on Fightful Overbook. Um, yesterday, I was on Pillar to Post. I'm actually the current reigning Pillar to Post champion now, uh, and uh, I have dethroned Righteous Reg. And but for real, check out everything else on Fightful Overbook. It's a great <laughs> channel. We love what we do at Fightful Overbook, and uh, I am just happy to continue to be a part of it. For Queen Keeks, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time, and have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.